because I believe a man is supposed to take care of his woman. I don't care how much money your woman make. A man is supposed to have his mindset on taking care of his woman. Talk. I mean, this you know this this may be a bit crude, but I mean I don't know no other way to say it. Uh, I want to talk about um, booty calls. But I want to deal with something tonight. Uh, why, why do I, why do you keep falling for it? Why do you keep falling into it? And this, this is centered around um, really a conversation I was having with the Holy Spirit um, in my own heart, you know, as I was walking about temptation and the Holy Spirit brought me back to the scripture and I'm, I want to show you three hooks, three hooks of temptation, three areas, three general areas or maybe a better way of saying that uh, would be three avenues through which the enemy steps into our lives, yours, mine, all of us and hooks us and seemingly continues to pull us back into um, a repeated state that never serves us. Three hooks of temptation. Now, here's, here's the reality. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Here's the reality. All of us on some level, with something, struggle with temptation. Men struggle with it. Of course, you know men struggle with it. In fact, you know, for, for us men, you don't even have to tempt us too much. We're ready to just, you know, we don't fall off the wagon. We jump off the wagon. Uh, but for women, it becomes a lot different because of the way you are socialized and the way you're conditioned your social conditioning, you're, you're made to take things um, much more seriously when you error in life, when you make mistakes. You, you, you tend to take things much more seriously and you take things, here's a better way of saying it, much more personally. In other words, it's not what you did, it becomes who you are. And that's where it becomes toxic for you when you discover your own humanity as a woman. You know, when a man wakes up and he realizes that he's struggling with with sex and he he doesn't know how to, you know, he doesn't doesn't know how nor does he even want to stop. He can go to sleep at night. But when a woman wakes up and she realizes that maybe I shouldn't be living like this. It's not what she's doing or what she did. It becomes who she is. And so now she has all of this, you know, emotional thing, which leads to the what? The broken consciousness. You have to begin to, you have to learn how to separate, you know, your humanity from your identity. All of us make mistakes. All of us have missed it. This is why I'm not a, a fan of the, um, the rating thing that everybody seems to be talking about. Rate yourself, rate yourself, rate yourself. And I mean, you know, some people do it. And I mean, teach his own. We don't all have the same 
mindset or approach to life or, or whatever, but I'm not a big fan of it because the reality is if if you're going to if I'm going to rate myself, I know all there is to know about me. You see, you're looking at me and you're hopeful that what you see is exactly who I am or what I am because you don't see the subsurface levels of me. But I know all of the subsurface levels. I know all of the secrets. And, you know, for us to rate ourselves sometimes becomes an exercise in self-abuse. So why are we constantly pulled into these things? Like the Apostle Paul put it, he said, when I would do good, evil's always at hand. He says, the stuff I want to do, I never do it. The stuff that I don't want to do are the things I'm doing. What's pulling us into this stuff? What's pulling me constantly into a relationship that I knew from the start was not of God and was not right for me? See, and this, is, this kind of teaching is very important for you ladies for the reasons I just mentioned. It's because you go way overboard with, you know, beating yourselves up for being human. You go way overboard, whereas we men, we don't go far enough. You know, we just take it lightly and we just go on with life. Whereas you all, you take it so seriously, you, you actually need therapy and counseling to work your way through it. But I had to lay that out first before we get into this here. All of us miss it. All of us miss it. All of us miss it. Even your friends that's judging how many men you slept with, they just ain't told you about <laughs> seven of theirs. Even them, even them, the, the super religious, the super, super holy people, you know, they miss it too. They're still missing it, you know, living a lie. But the question is Why? You know, I thank God that I can teach this with a clear conscience because I've walked this out. I've made all of the mistakes, y'all. I made all of the mistakes. I've been as low as you can go. You know what I mean? Um, my life was a complete mess. And the stuff I'm going to teach you tonight are the things that I had to get in order to bring my life to a place where if I were to die today or tomorrow, I would, I would pray that someone would be able to say at my funeral, here lies a man that lived what he preached. But there was a time that that would have never been the case. But when I discovered these hooks that Constantly, what does the hook do? Every time you try to get away, throw that hook out there and pull you back. Every time the fish tries to get away, that hook is in his mouth. And what does the fisherman do? He reels him back in. There are some hooks that have been placed in your jaw that won't let you go. Check the noise in the background. I don't have any noise in the background. Does anybody else hear noise? Anybody else here know it? 
Let me know before I move forward, because I don't, I don't want to. Yes, yes, you do hear noise? Hmm. Hold on one second. Let me see. Maybe this mic is rubbing. Is it like static or? Okay. Is that better? Is that better? Is that better? Is that better? Uh, somebody said TV. Cut the TV all the way off for me, Lee. All right. Okay. Thank you all for letting me know. I appreciate it. Because I have no way of knowing unless you tell me. So if we're good, I can proceed with the meat of this matter, right? Okay, we're good? Okay, good. Go to First John chapter 2. Uh, verses 15 through 17. Listen to what it says. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, watch this, here it is, they're listed right here. Here are the hooks. The lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, these things are temporal, in other words, these things will hook you and preoccupy your entire life, he says, but all of these things are passing away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want to deal with these three hooks tonight. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I didn't take time to just really dig deep into this, so we're just going to kind of skim the surface tonight, and I believe prayerfully you'll get enough out of this um, that will, will help you. But let's deal with number one. The lust of the flesh. Why, why, why am I, Pastor, why am I stuck in this situation? How did I get into this? Why can't I come out of this? Hook number one, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. The reason you can't seem to pull away from habits the reason you seem to be drawn to problems and issues, the reason you seem to constantly attract abusive people that never reciprocate. Hook number one, it gets all of us. The lust of the flesh. Now, the lust of the flesh Listen to this very carefully now. The lust of the flesh centers on experiences. Now, pay, stay with me now. Stay with me now. Don't, don't, listen, listen carefully. The lust of the flesh centers on experiences we've had and are trapped in the memory of how it made the flesh feel. This creates 
an appetite for things that don't serve us. The lust of the flesh is the appetite of the carnal mind. You know, it's what's it's what's fed when we listen to certain kinds of music that stimulate certain thoughts within us. It's what's fed when we watch certain uh, movies or videos that stimulate certain thoughts in us. It's what's fed when we answer the phone for people who say certain things that make us feel certain ways, that bring us into certain emotions, that make us behave in certain ways. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the flesh. It's when we, it's when we live our lives in a direction that is more carnal and fleshly and sensual than it is spiritual. It's when you commit your life to things that feed that part of your being that keeps you, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a, a cycle or in cycles of fleshly or carnal behavior that keeps you stuck in certain ruts that you can't seem to break from. Go to Romans chapter 8. Verses 12 through 14 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live for as many as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. What does he say? We have to mortify the deeds of the body, he says, and then we'll live. Now, here's the big issue. Now, let, let me just deal with this while I'm here. I get so much pushback on the abstinence thing. And, and, and the, the weird thing is that I get the pushback from a lot of ladies that don't want to hear me talking about abstinence. It's like the ladies just want to have sex now. You know what I mean? It's like your, your, your consciousness is so broken, you just up front and out with it. You know, you want to have sex. You don't want nobody to tell you no different. And I'm telling you that you need to uh, sit yourself down somewhere and preserve your little body because you're just wearing yourself out here, running around here. These people got you thinking, you know, that you got something to prove and you're out here trying to have sex. And, and all you're doing, I'm looking at you, all you're doing is you, you're like a fish that's swimming around the lake looking for the hook. You, you, you just swimming around the lake look, looking for the hook. You know, you just, you just searching for a soul tie. And you don't understand that when I tell you, listen to what I'm saying, when I tell you that this is a perverted male misogynistic culture that drives um, propaganda that breaks the woman's consciousness and makes the woman believe that it's no big deal to lay in the middle of a bed with a man you're not married to. It's just no big deal. You know, it, you know it's, it's, equal, it's equal opportunity. I want to be equal. So, you know, I, so they use music, they use movies, they use literature, they, they use everything to drive the woman's consciousness to the bottom 
and make her feel like it's no big deal to give your body to a man you're not married to. And then it's like, you know, 25 years later, you finally grow up and wake up and you realize that you've you've left a trail of soul ties. Because you lived a life that was what? Driven by the lust of the flesh. And see, the big the big lie is that uh, and I want you all to hear me. The big lie is that only men, um, only men want sex. I'm learning. I'm learning because I ain't never been no woman. So I'm learning that women be, uh, you know, women be wanted sometimes more than the dudes. And sometimes women pressuring the dudes into having sex. Dudes trying to be respectful and trying to, you know, live out his, his Christianity. And it's, it's the sister that's pulling the brother to the bedroom. But listen to what the Bible says. In Song of Solomon's, and this is the Message Bible version I'm reading for clarity because I want you to understand this. He says, oh, let me warn you, sisters in Jerusalem. Don't excite love. You could put sex right there. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. When is the time ripe and when are you ready? The time is ripe and you are ready when you have a husband. He says, other than that, don't stir it up. You see, this is why uh, these little men try to, they seek to stimulate the young girl's sexual appetite early because it then becomes a stronghold. It becomes a stronghold physically, her body becomes addicted to it and she wants the, the, you know, all of the sensation that goes along with sex. But it becomes a stronghold in her soul. It becomes a soul tie because the same culture that stimulates your flesh for sex is the same culture that makes you believe that your value is attached to it. And the only way you can be considered valuable is to, number one, give it up. Number two, be good at it. Makes me sick to even think about that. But that's that's the reality you're in. But notice it says, don't excite love or sex. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe. And there's some of you young women on here and even some of you uh, women that are a little more mature. That, you you know, you've been keeping yourself for a while. And now you got, you know, situation going on where you about to stir something up. Now, you can stir that thing up if you want. You can stir that thing. You can stir that flesh up if you want. Now, the Holy Spirit has helped you to break that, you know, that addiction that you break that stronghold, that soul tie you had before. And now you, you've, you've been kept. And now you about to stir this up again. You know what kind of control you, you give to a man over your life when you give a man your body? Women don't take that lightly. Men take sex lightly. A man can have sex and walk away from it. Woman can't do that. Not most of y'all. You, it's the lust of your flesh. If, if you don't watch it and if you're not careful, that devil has a hook in your flesh. And if you allow that thing to be stirred up, that devil will keep reeling you back in. Just keep reeling you back in. Some of y'all right here right now. Uh, you got soul ties with men. You don't look like nothing. 
He ain't got no money. He's dumb as a box of rocks. But that nasty joker know what to do in the bedroom. And you got a hook in your flesh. He's dumb, ugly, and broke. But you got a hook in your flesh that every time you try to get away from that dumb, ugly, broke man, that hook in your flesh keep on reeling you back in. And you can testify to some of these other young women on here or these other women that don't want to hear me. You can play around with that bed if you want. You can play around with that bed if you want, but that's how you get soul ties. How do you think a dumb man with a, with a bad hairdo can talk a woman into standing on the corner selling her body and bringing him the money? Tell me about that. How PhD women manipulated by GED men. Sex. You can play around with that flesh if you want. You can ignore the principles of scripture if you want, but you're going to pay a price for it. The flesh is nothing to play with. I don't play with my flesh. My flesh has been out of control. I thank God for delivering me. I, you know, I thank God for delivering me that I have, I have dominion over this flesh. I don't play with the flesh because if the devil can get a hook in your flesh, the devil will keep you constantly. Man, you'd you be like a, like a wild man, like a wild woman, just, just driven by lust. Driven by it, jeopardizing your reputation, jeopardizing your health, jeopardizing your relationships, all because of an ugly, dumb, broke man that has learned how to manage and manipulate a woman's body. Listen to. Uh, OK, let me let me make this point right here. Along with, you know, under point number one, clearly I only have three points, the lust of the flesh. Let me add this. Let me add this just for, you know, I think you need to know it. There are some things that our flesh is um, desirous of that we were not necessarily conditioned to. There, there are some things that are engineered into our flesh nature. Now, you know, you go to church, all of you don't, but if you go to church, you've probably heard the preacher talk about generational curses. Well, the concept of a generational curse is that there's something in your bloodline that passed down from great-grandpa to grandpa to, 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 to daddy, and now I'm walking in this thing. You know, and this thing is playing out in, in my life. And I have these proclivities and I have these desires that I don't even know where they come from. And I do believe in it because I didn't I didn't invent uh, womanizing in my family. That was passed down from I met some years ago. He's dead now, but he was almost 100 years old. One of my uncles who told me about how how they were, were playing and running women, I think, back in the in the I don't know. 30s or the 20s or something like that, way back then, maybe even the teens. And, um, and you know, I said, wow, man, you mean yeah, way back then y'all were doing that? And then my generation come along and, you know, all I needed was that seed was already in me. All I needed was somebody to water it and that thing sprouted up in me, you know. But it, I didn't invent that. It was a generational thing. Listen to what the Bible says 
And here's, here's a word for you. In Psalms 51, 3 through 5, he says, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Watch verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. That's the word I want you to see. And in sin did my mother conceive me. And iniquity is a, a, pro, a proclivity uh, that is in our nature that we were born with. We were born with iniquities. This is why you see certain people come out certain kinds of ways and you say, now, that doesn't compute because that goes against the, the word of God. Why is that person like that? And, you know, why is this person doing that? Why is he behaving like that? Why is she behaving like this? There's an iniquity. All of us on some level struggle with iniquity. And that's a thing that's in your flesh that that causes you what? To gravitate to stuff that does not glorify God and does not serve you. All of us have it. My iniquity, I never was a um, never was a gangster, never was a robber, never was a drug addict, never was a was a was a drunk. I just love women. I just I, I you know, I didn't want to live no other kind of way. That was my proclivity. That was my iniquity. Rather, I just love women and I was in the church and all of that. But I said, you know, mm-mm. I said, no, and I read the Bible. Abraham had him a couple of women. David had a bunch of women. Solomon was an international player. God did it for them. He's going to do it for me. And of course, that wasn't God's plan for me. And that, but that was a what? Iniquity. That thing was born in me before I even entered the world. And then I had to wake up and I had to realize that this thing that's in my flesh was hindering me from getting to where God told me he wanted to bring me, the conversation the Holy Spirit and I had that really shifted my heart. The Holy Spirit took me and had a, 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 just a real direct conversation. And if, you ever had to, if you've ever had the Holy Spirit talk to you, it's like a conversation in your head, you know. It's, not, it's nothing like, oh, thou's no, no voice in the room, that, that'll give anybody a heart attack and they'll die. But it's like a conversation in your head. And you, can, you know it's God because you can sense the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit says to me, this is where I want to bring you. And he showed me my life, what he wanted to do with me, where he wanted to bring me. He says, and then after he shows me all of that, I got excited about the vision, the forecast of my life. But then right behind that, he says, but I can't bring you there as long as you're living like this. And then I realized what he was saying to me is that I had to make a decision. I'm either going to stay committed to the lust of my flesh or I'm going to, as the scripture just we just read in Romans 8, 12 through 14, or I'm going to mortify the deeds of the body so I can walk in the spirit because if I don't mortify or crucify the flesh nature and its desires, it will prevent me from walking in the spirit. And if I don't walk in the spirit, I will never step into my destiny. And that's what I come by to tell you tonight. It's, it's, it's time you, you've been playing with this thing. You've been, you've been playing with this lust of the flesh thing. You know, you've been keep, you, just because you keep it a secret from your friends and your parents and all of that kind of thing. And your people that's closest to you, um, 
you can't keep it a secret from God. And all I'm here to tell you is the same thing the Holy Spirit told me. You will never get to where God is trying to bring you as long as you keep on allowing, keep returning to that hook that's in your flesh, in your flesh. Now, number two, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye. Stay with me. This is getting ready to get good. Yeah. Lust of the eye. Now, now the lust of the eye uh, deals with covetousness and not being content or satisfied with where you are and with what you have. It's, it's looking across the fence at your neighbor's grass, talking about their grass is greener and coveting after what they have rather than appreciating what God has already given you. This is how you keep getting hooked. This is how you get stuck. You're always looking at everything you see out there and you're never really paying attention to what God has blessed you with in here. Uh, Hebrews 13 and 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee. Nor He says, let your conversation or your lifestyle, in other words, you could put there for conversation, let your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. That's why the Bible says to us, It's uh, those that compare yourselves one to another are not wise. It's because I can I can look out and start coveting what you have and I'll I will lose the appreciation for everything I have. And the reality is this. God graced you to have what you have and God graced me to have what I have. And if I don't watch my eyes. My eyes will keep me in trouble. This is why I challenge you, because most of you all that are on here right now, you make your relational choices with your eyes. You make your you don't give a man's heart. You don't give a man's brain uh, a chance. You make your relational choices with your eyes. You keep getting what your eyes sign off on, and then you want to get on these social media platforms and go to talking about all men are dogs. That's a lie. All men are not no dogs. All men are not no dogs. All men are not no dogs. You just have an eye for Rottweilers. You, you keep getting what you look. See, your eyes will show you what you want, but what you want is not always what you need. You got to go deeper to find what you need. Your eyes can see all day what you want, but your eyes cannot discern what you need. And some of you all keep getting the fruit of what you're looking at. And then you want to blame the world because you're walking around here looking and looking and looking and, and making decisions, making life altering decisions based on looks. Yeah. And you go to coveting. You see, you got, okay, watch this. You, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. You would be amazed 
at how many women that I've dealt with that have had great men, men that went to work, men that respected them, men that didn't cheat on them, men that were mild-mannered, men that took care of them, men that honored them, and, and looked across the office at some other, uh, you know, dude walking through there, smelling and looking and all that kind of thing, and messed this situation up, going after something she saw with her eyes, and now she, she got what she wanted. Once she got it, she discovered it ain't nothing, you know, uh, like what I need. I lost what I needed, reaching for what I thought I wanted because my eyes told me. And now what she needed is gone and she can't get it back. And I've had this conversation multiple times. Pastor, can you call him? And my words to them have always been, babe. I'll, I'll call him, but when a man's heart has changed, his heart has changed. But how many women are stuck and can't get out of the cycle because they're living their, their life through the lust of their eyes? Yeah. David made this mistake. You know, the lust of the eye. King David, if you look in 2 Samuel 11, verses 2 through 4, it says, And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman. He what? Saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not... And took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house, Eden had another man's wife. He there, now when you read the full context, David was at home in the palace while the armies were out at war. David should have been at war with the armies, but he was out of place. He was, he was, he was, He was out of place. He was disengaged from purpose. And as a consequence, he got distracted by something he saw. Whenever you are out of place, disengaged from purpose, your eyes will always lead you to your own destruction. If he were where he should have been, if he had been rather where he should have been, he wouldn't have had the opportunity to see what he saw, which would have prevented him from doing what he did, which caused him a whole lot of problems when you read the whole story. And whenever you start finding your eyes wandering and your eyes looking at everything that uh, you should, you know, that that is is destructive Uh, you automatically know that I am spiritually out of place and I am presently disengaged from purpose because purpose keeps you focused. When you are spiritually in place, your, your spiritual alignment will keep your eyes looking right on. Let's see something here. Listen to what Matthew chapter six uh, I'm going to close this in a minute, but I want y'all to stay, stay with me because I want you to hear what I've got to close this with. It's going to help you. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, it says, The light of the body is the eye. 
the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is. In other words, you know, whatever you're focused on, whatever you're looking at is going to dominate your life. And some of you can't seem to break out of certain cycles because that's what you're looking at. That's that's what your eyes focused on. Look at what you're looking at. 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 You're all through the Instagram. Why do you think these they got these men on this Instagram thing with all of them them knots, them, with them, all those knots up and down there and all of that swole up like that and just all like that and then they grease it all up with all kind of Vaseline so it shine. <laughs> and there you are. You just... You just you just scroll. You just scrolling. You can't even go to bed. You you know you got to be up for seven. You up at two in the morning just scroll looking. Come on now, y'all 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 know I. You can keep on looking at it if you want. That's the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and then number three, the pride of life. This is good right here. This applies to women in a way, it applies to everybody, but I'm talking to, to, to women right now. You see, pride, it, in a lot of cases, the, it, your issue is pride. Yeah. In a lot of cases, the reason you're in the mess you're in is because of pride. The reason you're in a relationship you're in or the situationship you're in is because of pride. The reason you let a good man go for a bum is because of pride. See, pride spins around on ego. And see, subconsciously, we like to make believe that only men struggle with ego issues. No, 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 no. I find that women struggle with ego issues too. See, because pride is about optics and impressions. It's about it looking a certain way and it's about it making a certain social impact. Who's more driven in that direction than women? And, and if it looks good, you, you got all these fake relationships, you all on the Instagram, you taking the selfie, you know how to raise the camera up. You know, all this kind of thing. You and you and whoever that is you got with you there with them horns sticking out his head, and you there taking the pictures because you're driven by optics and impressions, and you want to impress people that you have what you don't have. You just, you know, it's just it's just a complete mess. You walked away from God. You disowned for you to even be in the situation you in. Let me show you how strong pride is in your heart right now. For you to be in the situation you're in, you had to disregard the counsel of your mama. You had to disregard the counsel of your brothers 
brothers and sisters. You had to disregard the counsel of your best friends. You had to ignore your pastor. You had to turn the voice of the Holy Spirit all the way down for you to be in the situation you're in right now. And you got in it because you wanted the look. It was about pride. You didn't want that man. You didn't want that man because he, he, he wasn't Instagram ready. You wanted the Instagram ready man. It's about pride. Um, let me read this here. Proverbs 11, 1 and 2 says, a false balance. Oh, I love this. A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly or the humble is wisdom. When pride begins to take over your life, you automatically know when pride shows up, shame is around the corner. And there's some of you who have made these choices and you're constantly making these choices because of pride. You're trying to make something work that the Holy Spirit has clearly told you, I didn't ordain this. This is not something I signed off on. It's not working. You broke, it, 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 it has emptied your bank account. It has drained your self-esteem. It has ruined all of your relationships, but your pride won't let it go. Now, here's, here's a question I have. Well, here's a statement. Many women are reaching for, listen to this. Everybody says, okay, uh, Pastor, can you tell me about soulmates? And the same people many times that ask me about soulmates, when I really get down to the nitty gritty with them, they're not looking for a soulmate at all. They're looking for an ego mate. It's all about ego. That's that, you know, when y'all start talking that stuff about what you, who you're attracted to, and, and okay, here it is, what your type is. When you start talking that, well, you know, Pastor, everybody got a type. Well, well I thought a type was a, a you know, a, a, a decent person that would keep their word, that would be honest, that would love you and, and take care of you. Uh, you know, somebody that you could look at, not asking you to go find somebody that you think look like a monster. Well, that ain't what you're looking for at all. In fact, about it, you you talking about a soulmate, but you're not engaging your soul at all. You're not thinking. You're not discerning. You're just using your eyes. It's not a soulmate you want. It's an ego mate you're looking for. You're looking for somebody that can feed your ego. And then you wonder, why is it that every relationship you get in, Breaks in, breaks in, breaks in, breaks in, because that's what ego does. E-G-O, edging God out. The more you follow your ego, the further you get away from God. Some of you all just need to really go on a relational fast for a long time. You just need to shut it down, shut it down. Give your little heart, give your little body a break, because you need to just shut it down. You've been ego tripping too long. You need to shut it down and allow the Holy Ghost to purge you Okay, listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 23. It says, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. 
and you live an honorable life, it will become a foundation beneath you. And watch this. You need to honor, of course, you know, we read this, we automatically think about honoring God. We're automatically thinking about honoring our parents and those that are, you know, whatever, whatever. But you know what we rarely think about? Honoring ourselves. When you, when you, when you slip off into certain levels, you are dishonoring yourself. And this becomes what? The fuel to the soul tie. A lot of these soul ties are driven by pride. You know it's killing you. You know it ain't no good. You know it's not any good for you. But you can't turn it loose because your pride loves the way it makes you look. Your pride loves the impression that it makes. And you'll be amazed at how many women live like this. They live from the lust of the flesh to the lust of the eye to the pride of life. And then you come to me and you say, how in the world? And watch this. Let me show you something else. Stay with me right here. This is going, this is going to help you. When you're driven by, okay, let me show you how, let me show you how, let me show you how the, the skilled um, man, for lack of another term, uses this, your lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life, stimulates you sexually, and he, he, he toys with your flesh. He presents himself, watch this, listen to me very well, he presents himself in a way that he looks like the ultimate, you know, he looks like, he talks like, he, you know, he lust of the eye, he, this is the look I want. He put on a, you know, certain brand of clothing and he gets his hair cut and all of that. And he's looking like that. He gets a bum beneath it, but he, he looking like it because he, he already picked, picked up on you, you just kind of, you know, surface level. So he just got to create a look for you. You don't have to come up with no substance, just a style. And then he picks up on that pride. And look what, he, look what happens. Let me show you the danger of pride. When, when, a, when an ungodly man picks upon your shallow level or your shallow consciousness, that man will build you up. He'll build you up because he knows you're proud. And then he'll just drop you. You know, he'll, he'll build you up and then he'll just drop you. He'll start talking to you like, like you're trash. He'll, 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 he'll speak to you like you're beneath him. And, and the weird thing about it, this anchors that ungodly man in your soul in a way that you keep coming back for it because your pride won't let you let it go. Your pride says, I, I can change him. I'm going to change him. Your pride says, 
I'm going to get, I'm going to gain his acceptance. You will never get it because he's intentionally not giving it to you because he understands that you are addicted to his approval. You're caught up in the approval trap. He'll never approve of you. And he knows that your pride will keep you coming back. Instead of you washing your hands saying, "Mm -mm, I made a mistake here. Your pride keeps you coming back. And that's how you have a PhD woman manipulated by a GED man. It's true. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. There you have it. That's why you, that's why you can't move on. That's why you stuck in this rut. That's why you keep getting the same stuff. You keep, you keep, you know, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. That's how you live your life. You ain't discerning nothing. You ain't thinking about nothing. You're not praying about nothing. Very few of y'all even get any counsel on anything. You just rely on the lust of your flesh, the lust of your eye, and the pride of life. And so you keep getting the fruit of your own behavior. You keep getting the fruit of your own behavior. You keep getting the fruit of your own behavior. All right, my babies, I love y'all. I'm, just, I'm a little tired. Listen, don't forget, uh, before, I, before I get off here, there's somebody that's impersonating me on all social media platforms talking about giving to some kind of an orphanage. I don't have an orphanage in Africa. I do not get into the comments, nor will I send you um, DMs asking you to give money to anything. The only time you'll hear me asking people to give money is when I'm, you know, uh, doing my pastoral duties, pastoral duties for new home ministries. You don't hear me asking people to give money or donate to this. If I wanted to ask you to donate to something, I would come and tell you directly. I would not be sending you messages. So please, 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 please. You see, you see my image pop up. Um, you know, just know that's not me. And, and uh, please report it because I'm getting a lot of that. And um, that's not who I am. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this time that we've had together in your word. Now, God, my prayer is that uh, you would take the truths of this conversation and adjust the hearts of your people now. In Jesus' name, I thank you for freedom. I thank you for liberation. I thank you for elevation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, don't forget to go to the website, rcblakes.com, sign up for my mailing list, email list. And when you do it, uh, you're going to have a prompt there to um, download a little book that I wrote some years ago, The Laws of Manifesting Your Vision. And it's no longer in print uh, I mean, I think there are very, very few copies of it, should I say. But you can get the PDF download of the whole book just for joining my, my mailing list. So if you go to rcblakes.com, right down the first page, there's a little prompt to join the mailing list. And then it'll prompt you to download the PDF and you can download it to your device or your computer. Uh, also, while you're there, don't forget to stop by and check out uh, my online programs. Yeah. You know, that's I love those. I did. That was a lot of work doing those programs and I'm getting ready to drop some more. Um, So I I push you there because I know that there's a lot of content there that can really, 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 really help you. 
So don't forget transcending the father wound, uh, soul ties. Some of y'all definitely need that one. Queenology, Queenology 2.0, uh, Wisdom for Women in Ministry. Yeah, go there and, and, and um, check that out while you're there. And of course, on Amazon, pick up all of my books. Those of you that may need counseling, uh, there's a link in the description for BetterHelp Counseling. Um, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a pastor and a man. But we've partnered with BetterHelp. And if you use the link, they'll take 10% off the cost of your counseling and they will uh, deposit a referral fee into R.C. Blake's Ministries. Um, what am I missing, Lee? Uh, Lisa wants you all, those of you that always ask about the Queenology shirts and sometimes you see Lisa wearing the dresses and all of that. All of that is at rcblakesstore.com. In fact, about it in the description, uh, there, are, there are new hyperlinks that you're going to see that you can just hit the link and it'll bring you to whatever product you want, the books, the programs, the store. I'm gonna, it's going to be in the description. You can just go straight to the link. It'll bring you right there. You don't have to search for it. So go check out rcblakesstore.com as well. And um, Lisa's not helping me, so I don't... I'm tired. Am I missing anything? Follow all of my other social media outlets. Of course, in the description now, they have links for all of that. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so forth and so on. And just know that we love y'all, man. I got some more stuff that I want to talk to you all about. Pray for this power and all this stuff that's going on here in Houston. Lord, have mercy. And uh, know that we love you. Know that we're praying for you. I know it's something I'm forgetting. I'm trying to think of what it is. It's something I'm forgetting. But, hey, I love you. I didn't forget that much. Thank you for all of you that sold into, into my life. I thank you. I appreciate it. I never take it lightly. I really, really, really love you and appreciate you. Hopefully you got something out of my little tired message tonight. I had um, Clubhouse playing in the background. Lord have mercy, Jesus. I need somebody to help me. I love y'all. I want you to have a great one and uh, just know I'm praying for you. All right. God bless you, my babies. Have a good night. Thank you for listening today. If you would like more information or for other resources, please visit us on the web at rcblakes.com.